Excellent. <clears throat> so welcome. Thanks for joining me today. The Torah portion this week, excuse me, <clears throat> is a double portion, Acharemot and Kedoshim, and it's also Earth Day. Thank you, Rabbi Ellen. Thanks for reminding us. Um, and um, we're in the middle of Leviticus, and Kedoshim is most famous for the section in chapter 19 called the Holiness Laws, which culminate in the, the sort of apex of those is the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and once again, every year, I just wanna come back to this passage over and over and over again, especially in the wake this week of the um, 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 decision of the jury in the George Floyd trial. And so with that, um, with that decision that, uh, you know, the evidence of our eyes was in fact what happened, uh, despite the incredible power of the entrenched powers that be to uh, subvert or pervert uh, justice. It certainly is always very heartening when justice is served. So yes, thank you for the reminder. Let's do a blessing for studying Torah together. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav b'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, source of life, our God, who has given us the mitzvot and makes us holy with your commandments and has commanded us to engage in these words of Torah. Uh, so I felt compelled today to look, to draw from many places in Torah that... Um, reflect, echo, restate what is one of, the, one of, if not the central assertion, claim, truth of the Torah and of Jewish tradition, that there's something called justice um, that is very elusive, but inheres in the fabric of creation and that we humans must manifest. Um, and uh, this is the assertion of Judaism from the very, very beginning. And it is kind of our core tenet. Um, and this, um, uh, it gets repeated in different ways over and over and over in the Torah and in the wider Hebrew Bible, and then becomes the essential subject of a discussion and a debate and a pursuit that we are still engaged in to this day. The human condition has not changed that much in this regard. Um, and the Jewish assertion 
that it's our task to pursue justice remains pretty much the same. Um, I'll actually, before I show you the passage from the Torah portion, which we're gonna study, I wanna direct you to Ecclesiastes. I have it right here. I don't have it to share on the screen because unlike much of the Torah, the Torah itself, which is telling us what we must do in order to uh, manifest fairness and justice in the world, Ecclesiastes is the book in the Bible that says, yeah, this is the way it is. There's a passage in here that says, if you see in your uh, country, oppression of the poor and suppression of right and justice, don't be so surprised because one high official is always protected by a higher one and both of them by still higher ones. Thus, they have the greatest advantage. Right? That's what Ecclesiastes says, it's just the truth. And it goes on, he actually goes on to say, a lover of money never has his fill of money, nor a lover of wealth his fill of income. That too is futile. As his substance increases, so do those who consume it. What then does the success of its owner amount to? A worker's sleep is sweet, whether he has much or little but the rich man's abundance doesn't let him sleep. And I have noticed, says Ecclesiastes, that we all leave just as we came, naked. And nothing of his wealth can he carry with him. Um, anyway, so that's the Ecclesiastes. I love that there's a voice in the Bible that just lays it out like that. You know, much of the Bible's aspirational. Ecclesiastes is not quite, Ecclesiastes isn't quite the same, but uh, I couldn't resist that reading because again, we observe that that's true. But now here's what our portion tells us. I'm gonna share the screen. And I had a very engaging time excerpting it and then translating it, or, or I should say um, uh, tweaking the translation so that I could hear the music of the words that get repeated. Uh, often, as I've described, literary translations try to, when a word gets used over and over again in a Hebrew passage, a literary translator will try to vary the translations to give it what they thought would be a more literary treatment. And I've learned that that's actually a, um, a um, does a disservice to the text. So let me share my screen. Here we go. Uh, can you all see that? Excellent. <sighs> One moment. Okay, so this is from our Torah portion today, verses this week, verses 15 to 18. And I've broken it up into passages. Again, I want you to hear kind of the, the music and rhythm of it. Lo ta'asu avel b'mishpat. 
do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the powerful. Rather, judge your fellow citizen fairly. Okay, that's the first verse. Do not go about spreading slander in your community. Do not stand idly by when your fellow citizen's life is threatened. I am Yodhepa. Do not nurse hatred in your heart against your fellow citizen. Rather, interrupt their harmful behavior. If you do not attempt to intervene, you are considered to have sinned. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against your fellow citizen. Rather, you shall love your fellow citizen as yourself. I am yod Okay, that's the heart of this Parsha, of the Holiness Code. And of course, as the rabbinic tradition develops, you shall love your neighbor, you shall love your fellow citizen as yourself, is considered to be the klal gadol batorah, which means the central principle of the Torah. So I wanted you to look at, oh, let me move you guys so I can see the chat on my screen. There we go, success. Okay. I chose a few words on purpose. I chose fellow citizen, right? In Hebrew, they use a bunch of different words. Amitecha, judge your fellow citizen fairly. Amitecha, amit means a colleague. It comes from the root am, people. You follow? Um, because here it says, Lo telech rachil be'amecha in your people, your nation. Uh, and therefore, re'echa, which means neighbor in common parlance, actually refers to someone who's part of your polity, someone who's part of your collective under which there is a standard of justice that you are all considered a part of, right? That's what reyecha means. Um, and that's why in this one it says, lotikom velotitol et b'nei amecha. What is b'nei amecha? Members of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But I see B'nai Amecha and Reecha as a poetic um, 
there's a word for that that I don't remember, but there are equivalences in the way Torah goes kind of in often is phrased in couplets and uses a different word in each half of the couplet that means essentially the same thing. So I wrote it, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against your fellow citizen. Rather, you shall love your fellow citizen as yourself. Um, I am yod hey vav hey, which is the other refrain. Um, I counted it, it's uh, seven times, of course, in these verses. Um, wow, it's windy here, cold. Um, okay, so I was seeing these verses through the lens of this moment of the fact that to the amazement uh, and surprise of so many in the African-American community and those who are aware of the lack of fairness of the um, advantage of the powerful, of the state-empowered police. Um, I actually heard on the news that this was the first conviction of a white officer killing a black man in the history of Minnesota. Um, so for a moment, thanks to overwhelming evidence, overwhelming public interest, overwhelming, the scales of justice actually came into balance. Um, but the Torah knows that that is an aspiration that we have to constantly strive for. And so I could not help but read these verses in light of what we've just been witnessing in this country that's galvanized the attention of our nation. Do not pervert justice. Avel, we'll see several synonyms of that word. Avel means to twist, to twist. Avel is a word for evil in Hebrew. It's not, it's funny, isn't it, that avel and evil have the same sound. They're not related etymologically at all. Um, avel is intentional wrongdoing, perversion, subversion, twisting. Um, and uh, uh, it comes up, it's going to come up in many, with some other synonyms in the passages I'm going to show you other ways of using the tate. Did we have tate in this section? Uh, no, it'll be in another section. Okay, so that's what avel means. It means to twist. And so I used the word pervert um, as my choice in, in English there. Uh, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the powerful. Rather, bit sedek tishpot amitecha. Lishpot means to judge. Sedek, which is used frequently with lishpot, sedek comes from the same word as tzadik, same word as tzedakah, 
Um, and it means righteousness, just, just treatment, fairness. Um, so I, I use fairly here. Now, I want to um, think, continue to think about why perhaps the George Floyd decision, justice was served because of this commandment, do not stand idly by when your fellow citizen's life is threatened. And we heard the praise that was given to the young woman, the 17 year old who trained her iPhone, her phone camera so that there would be visual evidence of the crime, even though she was doing so at the, over the objections of the law enforcement officers. And the others, they didn't intervene physically. And there are so many reasons to understand that. I don't know what I would have done in that situation to encounter armed policemen and to know what to do but at least not to step aside, not to stand idly by. In the Jewish understanding of our collective nature as a society, that there's no, you know, justice, um, there is no justice for one if there's not justice for all ultimately. Um, we cannot, there is no such thing as an innocent bystander. And here then it elaborates on what that means. Do not nurse hatred in your heart against your fellow citizen. What does that mean? It's referring not to random resentments. It's a continuation of this thought. You come upon a situation where something harmful is happening. You can't stand idly by and then just carry a grudge, right? Hate those people, those awful people. If that's all you do and feel self-righteous in your hatred and resentment, you are considered to bear some of the responsibility for what happened, even if you didn't perpetrate it. Rather, and this is a very high bar, I do not, this is a challenge. This isn't some let's all be happy and hold hands kind of situation here. This is when you're encountering crap, what you're supposed to do to be a loving fellow citizen. And it asks an awful lot of us. Um, we are commanded to hocheach tochiach et amitecha. There's that word again, somewhat amitecha, your fellow citizen. We are commanded to find a way to attempt to interrupt their behavior so that further harm does not take place. And if you do not attempt to intervene, you are considered to have sin. In other words, as Rabbi Heschel said, in a free society, some are guilty, all are responsible. 
And I think that's a very pithy way of saying it. No, you didn't perform the act, but somehow you're responsible for it. And to understand this, we have to recreate within ourselves what it means to belong to a covenanted community. That is a community where we have all pledged ourselves to the collective well-being and a sense of common purpose. We know that that experience is, is uh, hard to grasp and has been um, being torn apart in, in our own covenanted nation, where by taking the oath of citizenship, we pledge ourselves to the well-being of this collective. Um, in Jewish terms, these instructions, fellow citizen, and I used again that language so that we would understand it in our own terms, the ain't in the Torah, the Jews are being asked to swear allegiance to the covenantal community of the Jewish people in which justice fairly executed and administered will be the expectation and the norm amongst that covenantal community. And we're gonna to get to the foreigner shortly as many of you know about this portion. And so furthermore, rather than attempting to intervene, if instead you seek revenge or bear a grudge against that person, that's, that has no value either. Rather, you shall love your fellow citizen as yourself, meaning as the way you would want to be treated. I am yod And here, again, for those who are new to this close reading of where the line, love your neighbor as yourself comes from, love your neighbor as yourself is very specifically embedded in the most challenging aspects of how you show your care and concern for the people that are part of your covenanted community. Uh, love your neighbor as yourself is instead of being, an, a, being a, a bystander, um, carrying a grudge, seeking revenge, um, uh, walking around uh, saying, did you hear what that asshole did? Rather than confronting the situation and figuring out what you can do to intervene so that justice isn't perverted, so that a society can continue to exist with a foundation of trust, that there is a shared aspiration to move beyond the, what always happens, read Ecclesiastes. People in high places pull the strings. And here's this radical idea constructed around the narrative of ex-slaves that they're not gonna do it that way. 
that's our inheritance. It's so ennobling and so inspiring to me. And we always can, we're going to continue to fail miserably, but then we're still going to have our aspiration. And, 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 we, and occasionally the light bursts through. Loving your fellow citizens as yourself may be the most challenging commandment possible. And if we make it nicey-nice, uh, we're missing the context that it's um, uh, recorded in. In this case, people did not stand idly by. The entire nation, in a lot of regards, millions of people rose up because willy-nilly we had the blinders ripped from our eyes about what happens to African-Americans daily in this country and the systemic injustice that they face. And something was righted that now, of course, as every commentator says, this is only the beginning because like I said, read Ecclesiastes. It's been going on forever. Let me read what Roni put in the chat. This is a very delicate situation. I saw a friend of mine's six-year-old and discovered deep decay in a permanent six-year-old molar. I was surprised and distressed that a child was only six and this parent had no idea. They had come for an orthodontic evaluation. I sent her to the dentist who said, oh no, tooth needs root canal and child must be put under general anesthesia. To me, this is not good news. Anesthesia for anyone is problematic. The next day, the mother posted photos of the child eating ice cream cone with chocolate and sprinkles on Facebook. I wrote, not right food for children. I did not mention anything personal. The mother replied with a scathing, how dare you, Roni, Facebook post. How could I have handled this differently? Thank you so much, Roni, for laying that out because I'm not, I'm not even gonna attempt to, in this forum, to give you better advice. I don't know how you could have done it differently, but you did the right thing. Um, and it's always delicate. It's, it's always a delicate situation. Um, it's one thing if we can with our friends and family develop the agreement amongst us that we're gonna say the hard things that need to be said because we're doing it out of love. And it's still hard. I mean, I still, when my wife needs to correct me, I still get defensive, but I know she's, I know almost all the time she's got my number, you know? <laughs> and so I like, okay, 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 okay. All right, what are you saying? But it's so hard. This is so hard. Um, then to expand that into a larger societal level makes it even harder. Uh, so Roni, I, I'm, I'm just sharing my sympathy with you. You Rather than try to dive into that particular example now, it's worthy of you and a group like this and friends thinking through, okay, is there another approach? How do we do it? Um, because this is so hard. I'm gonna say it over and over again. This is the aspiration that we would all understand ourselves as responsible for one another and that everyone who then gets admonished or in any way um, criticized 
understands that we're doing it because of our sense of responsibility, not because we want to make them bad or wrong. It's such, this is such a tall order. Um, so forgive me for ducking a, a wiser answer than that, but I thank you, Roni, for writing that in. Deborah said, I am always so glad when someone who does wrong receives consequences. Where is the line between justice and revenge? Isn't that a great question, everyone? There's a debate in contemporary terms about retributive justice or restorative justice. Um, and again, it's not a fine line, it's like a context. When justice is retributive, its intention is to punish and to avenge. When justice is considered restorative, it's an attempt to have fair consequences for wrong actions in some way so that a sense so that some sense of our collective we can do this is restored and um deborah you're asking another of the right questions there's no way to engage with this passage of torah and not understand that we're dealing with the most complex interactions of a society that's attempting to reach for fairness and justice. Um, I never minimize it anymore. I try not to make it into a soundbite. Um, let me show you some other passages in the next passage in this Parsha that comes about 12 verses later. And I'll tell you that the intervening, the intervening verses, when you read this Parsha, you will see in typical Torah fashion that um, ritual, sexual, um, uh, all kinds of other regulations are included in our ancestors' understanding of how, what it means to be a holy community. Um, I'm only focusing on the ones that I feel are pertinent to us today. Um, so if you read the whole portion, I've excerpted the passages that I think speak across the ages, which is, I think, both our prerogative and our responsibility to do. So then we come to these verses a short distance later. I included this one. You shall rise before the aged and show deference to the old out of reverence for your God. I am yud Vavne. And that would be a whole other hour that we want to spend contemplating what does that mean for us today with our elders. And then it goes back to the theme of the previous passage. And here's the word ger. I translate it as a foreigner. When a foreigner resides with you in your land, do not mistreat them. Foreigner in our context means both resident aliens, undocumented immigrants. It means non-citizens because in ancient Israel, the ger was not a citizen. 
therefore is not considered to be part of your collective, right? So they were not required, and many of you have heard me talk about this many times. The Gare is the resident alien. They don't have, uh, what are their legal protections, right? If, because we were Gerim in the land of Egypt, we were foreigners in the land of Egypt. And therefore, we were at the whim of the powers that be. Right? In ancient times, there was no standard of justice that was supposed to be applied to the foreigner. They were there at your um, noblesse oblige, right? You wanted to come out, you could come out. You wanted to, and this still happens all over the world all the time. You want to deny them their uh, rights? You deny them their rights. Like they, they don't vote. They don't have a vote. That's crucial. They may pay some taxes, but they don't have a vote. And so the leaders don't have any uh, concern about their welfare in terms of the um, self-interest involved in a fair society, right? If you want to get treated well, well, you. That's, that's kind of the lowest way of understanding love your neighbor as yourself. Hey, hey, if you, want, if you want it when it's your turn, you'd better be nice to your neighbor or they're gonna put crap on your lawn, right? So on that very base level of mutual concern, you can read it that way. So the foreigner has none of that. But it says, when a foreigner resides with you in your land, do not mistreat them. Rather, the foreigner who resides with you shall beat you as one of your citizens. You shall love them as yourself. Why? Well, Remember that you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. I am Yod Hevafe, your God. So, um, uh, Rabbi Ellen says, human nature, I was treated badly. Now that I have power to make the rules, I'll be harsh too. No, rise above it and do better. Don't make others suffer. Thank you. There are so many ways to say this, and it has to be repeated to ourselves like a mantra. And uh, so it is a mantra in the Torah, as many of you know. The commandment to not mistreat the foreigner is repeated 33 or more times in the Torah, more than any other commandment, because it needs to be. It needs to be. Then it says, also, do not pervert justice in matters, oops, in matters of weight, length, or quantity. Rather, you shall have an honest balance. And here the word is tzedek, just. If I wrote honest, uh, you shall have an honest balance, honest weights, and honest containers for dry materials and for liquid. I am Yodhei Bava, your God, who freed you from the land 
of Egypt. So the Torah insists, as many of you already recall, that love your neighbor as yourself is not a universal commandment, even though it becomes that in, as it becomes common parlance. Your neighbor, who's your neighbor? Everyone, right? Everyone's my neighbor. But in the Torah, it actually is saying, love your fellow citizen as yourself, meaning make sure that they are treated fairly the way you would want to be treated. And in addition, the, those who do not have a vote, who do not have um, uh, hands on the levers of power, who do not have any access um, uh, in, in any sense to um, uh, uh, being treated fairly, you still have to do the same to them. So there's this amplified, for me, understanding in this portion that both the people with whom you have a mutual interest in maintaining a um, uh, organized and clear society and everybody else too. Because when you were in Egypt, remember what happened when there was no standard of judgment of justice under which you would be treated, but instead justice is perverted for the, um, uh, for, for, for the uh, uh, pleasures of the powerful and wealthy. So I just wanted you to know that because this is a, this, one of the central themes of the Torah, it gets repeated over and over. Here it is in Deuteronomy. You shall appoint judges and officers from each of your tribes in every town that yod your God is giving you, and they shall govern the people with righteousness and justice, tzedek and mishpat. And the Hebrew disappeared. I have to retrieve it, so sorry about that. And then it says in Deuteronomy, lo tatem mishpat, you shall not pervert justice. Lo takir panim, you shall show no partiality. Lo tikach shochad, you shall not take bribes, for bribes blind even the eyes of the discerning and subvert even the decisions of the just. Tzedek, tzedek, tirdoch. Justice, justice shall you pursue, that you may live and thrive in the land that Yodhei your God is giving you. So that's the most famous passage from Deuteronomy. I'm pleased to know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg of blessed memory had tzedek, tzedek tirdos in different artistic versions that people had given her hanging all over her office. Here in Exodus, lo tisa shema shav, you must not spread false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Lo rabim, do not fall in with the mob to do evil. When you are called to testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice or pervert again. 
At the same time, do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. That's an insult to their humanity. Their humanity makes them responsible beings. And then it goes on onto a related subject. Oh, well, let me look at Bill and Helen's comment. If your community refers to your fellow members of the covenant, is everyone else the foreigner who was not covered by these laws? That is correct. In the Torah, that is what they meant. Um, anyone else who lives under your jurisdiction who is not part of the covenant is considered a foreigner and must be treated with the same standard of justice as your citizens. It's a radical idea that fits our sense, our intuition, that there is something called justice as an ideal that exists outside of human egos and that we have to aspire to. That is the radical statement of Judaism that came into the world at a time when rulers were considered divine and therefore above the law. And now it says, if you come upon your enemy's ox or donkey that is straight away, you must take it back to its owner. If, even if that person is your enemy, if you see the, that the donkey of someone you hate has collapsed under its load and you want to walk by, do not walk by. Rather, you must stop and help. Then it says, Lo mishpat In a legal dispute, you must not deny justice to the poor. Oh boy, couldn't be any clearer. In a legal dispute, you must not deny justice to the poor. Then it says, keep far from a false accusation. Do not bring death on those who are innocent and in the right, for I will not acquit the wrongdoer. Do not take bribes, and this is exactly the same statement. Do not take bribes, for bribes blind even the clear-sighted and subvert even the decisions of the just. Nobody, none of us are immune. And then it concludes, and you shall not oppress a foreigner, for you know the experience of the foreigners, having yourselves been foreigners in the land of Egypt. Roni said to me, could you repeat that radical statement of the duty, duty of Judaism to support justice outside your ego in the exact words you used? Fortunately, it just got recorded. But what I think I said is that Judaism posits that there is a standard of justice that is universal and that transcends any of our own ego sense of what we deserve or how other people should be treated from our own selfish point of view. Um, I find those texts to be what inspires me as a Jew. Um, in addition to the 
to all the other ways that we're trying to be humans, Judaism has a refrain that there is such a thing called justice that it's our responsibility to pursue. Especially because we are by nature going to favor the powerless, powerful over the powerless by nature. Um, and again, this is that sense of relief, uplift, hope that emerges for me out of the George Floyd murder verdict, right? It gives us momentum towards that aspirational ideal. I wanna share with you a few more places in the Torah that reinforce this in different ways and different words, but it's repeated over and over. This is by no means exhaustive. Okay. About Abraham. I have chosen Abraham, says God, that he might command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised. Um, I've read you these and I'm just going to go to the book of Proverbs. When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. And I wanted to turn to the book of Proverbs. Oh, didn't I save the page? Come on. Okay, give me a moment. In the last chapter of Proverbs, this is uh, in chapter 31, it's, it's really an interesting piece of writing here because there is a king, we don't know who this king is, named Lemuel. And these are the words which, with, with which his mother admonished him. Okay, what an interesting passage. This is specifically coming from the mother of the king. And I had never noticed this before. Listen, no, my son, no, here's what you must do. Wine is not for kings, O Lemuel, nor any strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been ordained and infringe on the rights of the poor. Don't get intoxicated with power would be the simplest way to say that. And then it says, if you wanna give someone a drink, give it to the hapless, give wine to the embittered so they can forget their misery for a while. That's what the mother says. And then says, but you speak up for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate, 
speak up, judge righteously, and champion the poor and the needy. That's his mother's advice to him. Not just advice, uh, a stronger word. Admonishment, uh, charge. I love that one. Oh my goodness. And these will be familiar to you. Isaiah, over and over again. This is just one quote from Isaiah. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the orphan. Plead the widow's call. And then the prophet Micah, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And Psalms, blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And Zechariah, the prophet, thus says the Lord of hosts, render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. And Proverbs again, to do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than burnt offerings. Jeremiah, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but that let, let him who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the source of all who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things do I delight, declares the Lord. And on and on and on. Isn't it marvelous how much textual support there is? Oh, Roni asked a good question. Where are all these quotes from? Jeremiah, Proverbs, Zechariah. So let me just say, for those unfamiliar, the Hebrew Bible is a collection of about 32 books, including the five books of Moses, that's the Torah, and then all the books of the prophets, these are the speeches of the prophets of Israel and the, the, the um, descriptions of their um, actions. Uh, and those prophets are many. There are, uh, there's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and 12 more. And they spoke up in ancient Israel as mouthpieces, oracles, for God and their job in ancient Israel was to remind the powerful of the covenant of Sinai, that covenant that we've been reading about today about how a society is supposed to be structured. Because inevitably, when the children of Israel entered the promised land and established themselves there, they developed a hierarchical kingdom a stratified by class and wealth society. And yet here were these words because that's what happens, right? That's just what happens. And yet here were these sacred words telling us 
how we're supposed to um, mitigate and moderate and stand against the abuses of power. Then in addition in the Hebrew Bible, there are many other books known as the writings and they're called Psalms, Proverbs, the book of Ruth, the book of Job, the book of Esther, uh, many, many, a whole assortment. And it is an assortment of other books that became sacred canon in the Jewish tradition. So I'm quoting from all over the Hebrew Bible. And you can look that up, Roni, if you want, uh, a Hebrew Bible or Hebrew scriptures, and you'll see what all those books are. Uh, Deborah says, I am appreciating the understanding that greed, lust for power, and wanting to please those who have standing are the obstacles to our being just. Well said, Deborah. Well said. Well, thank you so much for letting me to read those and focus on them and express them because that's what's been in my, that's what's been filling me up. And it happened to be, or happened to be this week's Torah portion. The Torah portion of the week of the verdict against Derek Chauvin is the week where we read that passage about what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Rabbi Ellen has put in there that uh, one of the prophet's names is Ezekiel, and we have a young Zeke. His name is Zeke Wolfen, and his bar mitzvah is this Saturday. He's Rabbi Ellen's student. He's a wonderful boy. And he is speaking in such really down-to-earth 13-year-old language about these same concepts that I've been talking about in his Devar Torah uh, which he'll be sharing this Saturday morning. So if you want to hear it coming out of the mouth of a 13-year-old, I hope you want to, you can join us for services um, this Saturday. Uh, you don't have to bring a present or anything. We're just all on Zoom. So um, join us for, for the bar mitzvah. Thanks, Rabbi Ellen, for that. Okay, everybody, be uplifted, feel challenged, be ennobled, be inspired. The justice that was served this week is the justice that Judaism is ringing the bell of constantly since our beginning. And that's where we stand. So I'm pleased to be able to share that with you.